I could stay awake just to hear you breathe in. Watch you smile while you are sleeping. While you're far away dreaming, I could spend my life in this sweet surrender. I could stay lost in this moment forever. Every moment spent with you is a moment I treasure. Don't wanna close my eyes. I don't wanna fall asleep cause I miss you, baby. And I don't wanna miss a thing. Even when I dream of you, the sweetest dream I'll never do. I still miss you, baby, and I don't wanna miss a thing. Ladies and gentlemen, the sound you just heard was Mark Schofield and myself singing Aerosmith. I don't wanna miss a thing. And that's a sound that you're never going to be able to unhear. I, ladies and gentlemen, we're just we're sorry, I guess. Um, but we had to do it. We had to do it. We made a bet. We got to honor our bets. If you don't honor do, your bets, people. If, if you don't honor your bets during Super Bowl week, there's not really any point, you yeah, know, in, exactly. in going to the Super Bowl. So I actually think I just received a text from my neighbors asking if everyone was okay here. So um, my cat ran out of the room, and I think I woke up both my kids. But hey, you do what you gotta do, people. You do. Let's uh, let's do what we do a little bit better than singing, and that's uh, talking football. All right, let's do that. Let's. Uh, we've covered so far this week on Tuesday. We talked about the Denver offense versus the Carolina defense. Yesterday, we covered the Carolina offense versus the Denver defense. Today, we're going to take a look at the third phase of the game, talking about special teams. We've had a number of, of games this year in the playoffs that have been decided by special teams. And so we do feel it's important. And look, I obviously personally feel it's important to take a full day to go through the special teams units of these two teams, just because it has been such a big factor in the playoffs so far. Okay. Yeah. And, and it's also important because, you know, looking at these two teams on paper, we've talked about, you know, both offenses, both defenses, you know, Ted Wynn was on and he broke down kind of that Carolina offense. And, you know, he's looking at this is going to, going to be a close defensive game. And when you get into a, a game, that's a close defensive battle. Field position matters. Special teams matter. It could come down to a kick. It could come down to a punt. So it's a three-phase game, and so it's important to cover all three of them. Where do yeah. you want to start, man? Well, I think when I look at these two teams, and I'll, I'll do just a little brief segment on the kickoff units of each team. Okay, These are, these are two teams that are not particularly good uh, at returning kickoffs. Okay, So I don't think that uh, you're going to see a whole lot of action uh, on kickoffs here. You look at what these two teams have done over the course of this year. Carolina has the worst average return yardage out of any team uh, in the NFL. They've only averaged 18 and a half yards per return. Denver's not much better. They're at 21.8. They're 23rd in the NFL. So there really has not been a lot of action on kickoffs from these two teams. I really think that more than anything else, this is a game that could be affected by the punters on each team. And specifically, you know, you talk about these two punters, and I guess we'll probably start uh, with Carolina, 
and talking about uh, Brad Nortman, who is the punter for Carolina, came into the league four years ago, and Nortman's calling card, he's got a big leg. Okay. okay, he in in open field punting situations three years ago, back in 2013, he led the league in average distance in those situations. So he's got a big leg. He's a guy in just 51 kicks this year. He has 21 of those that have gone over 50 yards. Nine of them have been over 60 yards. So it's a situation where he has the leg to be able to really change field position pretty quickly and if you know if Carolina for whatever reason if their offense struggles to get going against that Denver defense he has the potential to you know really bail them out I think because he can unleash you know 50 55 60 yarder even uh, from their own 5 10 15 yard line and really give Denver a long field to work with in a situation where that might not normally be the case okay okay the issue that Nortman has is he's inconsistent and specifically, you know, we talk about those 51 kicks that he's had from his uh, in, in open field situations from his own one to 40 yard line and seven of those. So about, you know, you do the math there and you're saying, OK, it's about 14, 15 percent. Seven of those have been less than 40 yards. So, mm-hmm. you know, you sit there and you say, OK, so you're talking almost one in five punts, you know, really about one in six. If Carolina has to punt, you know, six times, there's a decent chance we could see one of these that only goes 30, 35 yards from their own 10-yard line. That's something where you give Peyton Manning a short field, and we've talked about right. the uh, the struggles of the Denver offense at times this year. And if you give Peyton Manning a short field, he may not be able to get 80 yards on a drive, but there's a pretty good chance he can get 20 to 30 to put you in field goal range. Now, in those sort of those inconsistent punts that he's had, have you seen any sort of, you know, something that kind of like strings him together? Like, you know, he's trying to punt to one side of the field or the other, or he gets a rush to one side or the other. Like, is there anything that Denver could have picked up on tape that would give them a way to possibly force one of these inconsistent, short, maybe even shanked kicks? You know, I I looked around to see if there was any, uh, any, correlating factor any consistent factor there I was looking to see if it was where the ball was placed if it was you know all coming from a certain hash mark I looked to see if the shanks were consistently going to one side of the field there's no true pattern there they've happened uh, regardless of the position on the field that Carolina has been kicking from they've also happened to both sides of the field so it's not a case where Nortman is always shanking off the outside of his foot or always off the inside of his foot. You know, they're kind of scattered. There's some that he's getting around on too much, and they're these kind of line drives that go off to the left. There's others where, you know, it's kind of like a golfer. You're just kind of hitting this high slice that doesn't really go anywhere that just kind of fades right down by the Mm sideline. And, you know, there's no true pattern there. So I think getting some pressure on Nortman isn't a bad thing to attempt here just because – Denver's punt return unit, you know, as bad as their kickoff unit is, uh, their punt return unit is just about as bad. You know, okay. it, it is not a unit that has generated any type of meaningful return. Emmanuel Sanders has been their returner uh, this year. And when you look at the numbers that he's put up as their returner, it's it really has not been a great situation for them. They've been uh, very average at best. Okay, they they average about nine yards a return, which is you know pretty much right in the middle of the pack this year. It's 
you know, it's not something that really stands out for them. It's not something that I've been particularly impressed with when you talk about uh, what Denver has been able to do there. So, you know, I would sit there and say, look, let's let's bring a little pressure instead of trying to generate a return because maybe we pick up a short kick there instead of, you know, just kind of hanging out in our own end waiting to pick up six, seven, eight yards. Right. Now, looking at the other side of the, the field here in this matchup, I know you're a fan of Colquitt. What have you seen from his performance this season that makes you think that Carolina might have an even tougher time trying to get field position when they're trying to turn punts? Well, I'll tell you, Colquitt is a guy who you look at the first half of this year for him, and it doesn't stand out a whole lot. It was, you know, fairly nondescript, not a ton, uh, you know, not a ton going on in terms of particularly strong performance. But the last seven to eight weeks, I'll tell you, going back to the last four to five of the regular season, he has been absolutely outstanding for them. And, and in my opinion, might have been one of the reasons why they ended up winning that game against New England in right. the AFC Championship. Colquitt is probably one of the top two or three directional punters in the league. You can also toss a guy uh, like Sam Cock from Baltimore in there. He's a guy that I think you can put in that conversation. Uh, but really, Colquitt is right up there in terms of his ability to move the ball from side to side. He goes both to the left side of the field as well as the right. He doesn't really have any weaknesses in his directional game. It's tough to get a sense if he is able to uh, move the ball as well in the air in terms of controlling its flight path. I don't know if that's something uh, that he can do quite as well as some other guys. It's you know, it's pretty much impossible to see that on the All-22 just because you don't have the, the view of the ball the entire way there. Uh, but he's a guy who is you know absolutely outstanding at placing the ball to either side of the field. Doesn't have the biggest leg. Okay, he okay. you know, he's not a guy who is going to wow you with 50, 55 yard kicks very often in open field situations. You know, he'll typically be 46 to 48 yards. So almost a little below average in some situations there. But his placement is very good. He gets, you know, still probably about league average hang on his punts right around the 4.4 second mark. Uh, you know, if you look on the other side of the field, Nortman is typically a little bit higher in the four six range. But okay. Colquitt, I, I love his consistency that he's punting with right now. He's punting with a lot of confidence. And, you know, punters, in my opinion, and really all specialists, they're like golfers. You know, they get in a good groove and a good rhythm, and, and that's what you want to see from them. I, I am a firm believer in the momentum of specialists, and I really like what I'm seeing from Colquitt right now. Again, doesn't have the biggest leg typically, but I go back and I look at some of his kicks that he had uh, you know, in the AFC Championship game and then facing Pittsburgh the week before. And he's hit some kicks, you know, that I didn't really think he had in his bag. He's had, you know, some punts that have been a little bit longer, touching, you know, that 50, 52, 53-yard range. And those are, you know, not something that you see from him typically. And he did those, you know, in some cold conditions, some windy conditions. And, you know, there's a chance that maybe he's just kind of hitting his groove at the right time. And in a close game, you know, I'll take the consistent guy over the guy with the big leg, especially if he's just hitting the ball better right now. Now, what about the long snappers for both these teams? Have there been any indications on film that you might see a bounce snap or something happen in this game? Carolina was clean pretty much all year. I don't think I saw one snap, actually, that was really 
uh, too far off. There were a couple off to the side a little bit, but no no problems in terms of height that I saw. Denver, you had a couple that were uh, a little low earlier on in the season. I haven't seen anything uh, that's a major factor there. Both of these teams get the ball back pretty quickly and generally have pretty clean operations. One thing to watch on Denver is they actually, and this is kind of an interesting wrinkle, and maybe they do it actually to make up for Colquitt's legs somewhat, uh, most punt teams, they put their punter with his heels 14 yards behind the line of scrimmage. Denver has Colquitt at 12 and a half. Really? So he's he's about a yard and a half closer than the average punt team. And obviously, it gives him a little bit more distance there, but it does potentially allow for some additional pressure. Okay? Um, you talk about, you know, who wh- where you get some pressure sometimes. The left side of Denver's line occasionally gives up a little bit of pressure there. So that's something to potentially watch for on punt unit. I don't I can't remember has there even been a punt blocked in the Super Bowl? I don't think so. I don't recall one off the top of my head. You know, th- there isn't one that I can remember, so it's, you know, it's unusual to talk about something like that just because historically you see anywhere between, you know, 8 and 10 punt blocks a year out of, you know, all the games the entire season. So it's not something that I think is, you know, I I wouldn't say it's likely to happen there. Um, But it is, you know, you talk about the left side of that Denver protection. It has given up some pressure occasionally here. Um, Something to watch out for. Denver does have a couple, uh, their gunners, they've moved a couple guys in and out over the course of this year. Uh, But their gunners are generally pretty good at getting down the field. Uh, and, and that's something to watch out for. But Colquitt, you know, one of the big things that he has here, uh, you know, he has 84 kicks on the season. By my count, and this is including kicks that ended up bouncing out of bounds, out of 84 kicks, he put 15 of them out of bounds. And so you're talking about a guy, and these are intentionally out of bounds, not shanks or anything like that. We're talking like 42 yards and out of bounds with no return. You know, he's a guy that can just negate a returner by himself, uh, just by doing that, in addition to those kicks that he's put out of bounds, he's had an additional, I think it's 14 fair catches. So you're talking almost half his kicks aren't returnable. Right. So it, that's something that I think you got to watch out for on this. You know, he's a guy that I think may be able, and again, Carolina doesn't have, a, you know, a tremendous return game either. I'm pulling up their stats right now uh, just to get the exact numbers. But, you know, it's, it's a case where the directional game, he can kick away from Carolina all night if he wants to. Well, here's a question. I'm going to kind of put you on the spot here. Longest punt in Super Bowl history, do you know? Uh, I got well, it right in front of me. I can give you a... This was recent, wasn't it? This was last season. Yeah, this was recent, wasn't it? Was it? Didn't Ryan Allen have like a 67-yarder or something like that? 64 last year. Do you think there's a chance that falls? It's going to be perfect weather. It's going to be 70 light winds. <sighs> light winds. You got a little extra humidity out there in San Francisco. Humidity is typically good for the ball, and the reason for that, believe it or not, I'm going to get a little scientific on you oh here, boy. actually. Drop it knowledge. Okay. You talk about uh, oxygen, right? Okay. okay. Yeah. O2 is your molecule, which typically O2, you add the atomic numbers together, you got an atomic number of 32, right? Okay. If you're dealing with H2O, you got an atomic number of, I believe it's 18. So essentially air that has more water vapor in it is actually a little bit less dense just because it doesn't have quite as much weight. The ball flies through it a little bit quicker, believe it or not. There's your science lesson for the day. Wow. You, you could see some big kicks. I think uh, Norman's probably more likely than anyone else, but you could see some big kicks out there. 
Zada dropping knowledge. Yeah, I like how about that. I like that? Look, uh, we got to know how the ball behaves in different situations. So I do all my research just it to shows. see, uh, just to see what's going on. But I think uh, you know when I look at these two teams here, you know the return units aren't anything special. I think you've got two kickers. Uh, that are pretty equal when you talk about Gano and McManus. Gano has had some issues in his career with blocked kicks, okay? Uh, so that is something that I would pay attention to if you do end up in a close game. He does tend to have a low trajectory occasionally. It's not consistent, but you will see that sometimes. Um, but I, I think the big story here is going to be these two punters. I think in a field position game, it comes down to these guys. I think that the two teams are pretty equal otherwise on special teams. Uh, but these two guys are you know, two that I'm going to be watching pretty closely here. In terms of the special teams game, is there sort of an X factor that you're looking at or somebody you have your eye on, maybe a gunner, maybe a returner? Maybe even one of the punters. I, I think more than anything else, it's it's going to be Nortman. If Nortman is on his game and if he is is able to consistently uh, hit the types of kicks that he has the potential to hit, I think that the edge ends up going to Carolina. I just don't know if he can do that. I okay. don't. And so going in, you know, I say, look, I like the the more consistent punter. I give the edge to Denver going in, but if Colquitt's on, look out. So that's you know that's kind of my view on the entire situation. Uh, Mark, we got, yeah, what do we got? About a minute or two left here. Uh, We've only done, what, two other sets of predictions, one other set of predictions in our entire career here. I think it was just one other. It was the Pats-Chiefs game, right? I think that was the one that we did. Let's, uh, we we do have the Super Bowl here. We might as well give one, put ourselves on the spot. We did it to open up the show by singing. We might as well finish the show putting ourselves out there, right? Hurting the brand, but we got to do it. What do you think? I'm going to go Carolina 24, Denver 20. I think it is going to be a close game, but I think, I don't know, sometimes you see teams kind of come together, have that sort of magical season. I think this has kind of been what Carolina's got going, and it's been such a joy to watch Cam Newton this season, um, and I think he's going to turn in one more great performance. So you've got Carolina 24, Denver 20. Gotcha, yeah. Okay. I'm going to go, I'm going to go 31-17 Carolina. Really? 31-17. I think it's I think this is a close game until the end. Uh-huh. And I and I think there is either a turnover or something on special teams at the end that ends up turning things a little bit more. I think uh-huh. I think it's a close game until the fourth quarter. I think there's a key turnover that happens that ends up making the score look a little bit worse than it was. And that that makes sense. Hold on. I'm looking for one more thing. Okay, here we go. You got to go over under here, all right? All right, hit me. National anthem Lady Gaga, it's currently set at 2 minutes and 20 seconds for the over-under. You're going over or you're going under? Over. Yeah, I think over. <laughs> I think that's, yeah. I mean, how long did it take us to sing just the first verse in a chorus of Aerosmith tonight? Uh, well, it took us about 20 minutes of just trying to figure out how to do it first. So, Well, and another 10 to get up the courage to do it. That was, it was a massive challenge. What do you was. think? Okay, I'll give you one more on this. Gotcha. Okay. First play from scrimmage, runner pass. Ooh, that's and you don't tough. even know what team has the ball. You don't even know what team's got it. I mean, I think given these two teams, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go pass you. I'm gonna go run. Really? I, I think you're going. I think Carolina ends up with the ball first, and I think you go read option. Yeah, that makes sense. How many songs does Cole play in at halftime? Uh, full songs or pieces of songs? Oh, because that's tough. Because you usually get like a medley action where you're gonna go like two or three together. How about just uh, pieces of? Uh, six. Yeah, I'll go five. I'll kind of do the 
uh, Price is Right around you. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Of course. That is all the time that we have for today, folks. Big game on Sunday. Hopefully you're all loaded up on food, booze, anything that you need for the big game. Mark and I will be back on Monday. It is likely to be uh, a slightly boozy affair as we will be recording after the Super Bowl, I believe. So oh boy. buckle up, folks, because Monday is going to be a little bit interesting. We'll hold it together, but we will see you then. Enjoy the game. We'll see you next week. When I feel that chill, smell that fresh cut grass. I'm back in my helmet, cleats, and shoulder pads. Standing in the huddle, listening to the call. Fans going crazy for the boys of fall. 